Welcome to the IT Career Energizer podcast. For anyone who wants to build and grow a career in IT, develop and improve your strengths and skills, be inspired and motivated by the successes of others, manage your career progression, and achieve your IT career goals. And now, your host, Phil Burgess. Welcome to episode 108 of the IT Career Energizer podcast. My guest on today's show is Lisa Crispin. Lisa is a software tester who enjoys sharing her experiences and learning from others. She is also the co-author of More Agile Testing, Learning Journeys for the Whole Team, and Agile Testing, a Practical Guide for Agile Testers and Agile Teams. And in 2012, Lisa was voted the most influential Agile testing professional person. So Lisa, can I ask you to expand on that intro and tell us a little bit more about yourself? Well, I've been in the software business for a really long time and in testing in particular since the early 90s. So I've seen a lot of change and I've seen a lot of things remain the same. It's been very interesting. And currently I'm a testing advocate with Mabel, which is a startup in Boston that has a test automation tool. But I also do a whole lot of things on my own and with Janet Gregory, who's my co-author. So we've written the books together, done a video course together, and we have a training course together. So I have lots of irons on the fire, I guess. And my uh, in my free time, I like to spend it with my donkeys. Right. Yes, I, I did uh, know about that. So I believe you recently moved as well. Yes, just moved in the late August from Colorado to Vermont, where it's snowing right now. Uh, but it's quite beautiful, and people here are so friendly. We're just feeling really lucky. I'm not sure the donkeys feel lucky, but the rest of us are really lucky to be here. <laughs> yes, I was wondering with the cold. Yeah, the donkeys are not incredibly fond of snow, but I, I feel that they'll adjust. Yeah, sure. Okay. Um, Lisa, can you maybe share a career tip? with the IT career energizer audience, one they may not know and perhaps should? You know, as a tester, I, I'm really good at asking questions. Uh, my friend Pete Whalen uses the title QA, but he says it stands for question asker because we're so good at that. <laughs> and I think that my biggest tip is going to be to ask questions, uh, you know, learn, show that you like to learn and learn what you need to learn about what you're interested in having a career in. And, and if you're, thinking about working for a particular organization, ask questions about them or ask questions about the team that you might be working on. And just don't be afraid to ask questions because nobody minds answering them. And um, it, it helps you learn and it helps other people think. Yeah, you often hear people who are new into the industry are concerned about asking questions and maybe showing their lack of knowledge. Do you see that often? Sure. You, you know, you want to come off as, oh, confident and, and you're explaining what you know and what you can contribute. But I think especially as a tester and a software professional, one of the things you can contribute is, you know, helping people think of the unknown unknowns and uh, helping people just, what's the purpose of what they're doing? Why are they doing it? A lot of times we start with what are we going to do rather than why are we going to do that? And uh, asking the right questions and starting with the purpose, starting with a why, that's so important. From my perspective as a tester, I like I feel like I'm a big picture person. And so I'm helping to keep the team aware of the big picture and the value to our customers, whereas other people on the team might 
by out of necessity be focused on some small area of the app or some small piece of the code. And it's harder for them to step back and see the big picture. And, and also just because we're all subject to our cognitive biases, most of which are unconscious. And so by asking questions, we can help people work around those. Lisa, can you maybe tell us about your worst IT career moment and what you learned from that experience? Some years ago, I was actively recruited by a company and it was so flattering because they were like, oh, Lisa, we love, we love your books and you would just be the perfect person for this position in our company. And, you know, I tried to do my due diligence. To get, you know, I had a job I was perfectly happy with, but when you're pursued by somebody, it's, it's just hard to resist for me. I'm just a sucker for, a sucker for flattery and compliments. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I'm an affirmation junkie. So it's like, well, gosh, maybe this is a great opportunity. Maybe I should pursue it. You know, I'm, I'm a big believer in pursue, you know, ask about the opportunity, look into it, whether or not you decide to take it is another thing, but it's good to learn about them. And I did my due diligence, I thought, and had learned a lot and talked to a lot of people about this particular company. And I thought it was a good move. And, uh, and so I accepted the position. But in the very first day, they did something that was completely against my values. And in my gut, I knew I had made a mistake. <laughs> they were nice people, but their company values were not in line with my own values. And I should have just ended it right there. <laughs> but I didn't want to think I'd made such a bad mistake and left a job I loved for this job. And so I kind of hung with it for about six months and just more and more things kept happening. And I knew it was a mistake. But we all learn from failure. There's no real failure, right? Just just learning moments. And fortunately, my old, my former team t- was happy to take me back. <laughs> so I was really lucky on that one. So what would you do differently now? Nothing told me it was a bad move until I got there. And now I would just listen to my gut. It's like your unconscious is trying to tell you something. And there's something that maybe your biases are not letting you see. And so take a hard look at what might be giving you that feeling and act on it. Sometimes it's better to just stop the bleeding right away (laughs) and admit the mistake and everybody's going to live through it. It's not the end of the world. And just the sooner you can cut your losses on that, the better. Okay. So moving away from your worst moment, can you maybe tell us about your career highlight or greatest success? I mean, because I've had individual successes like, you know, not necessarily individual, but deciding to share my experiences and what I've learned in a book with my co-authors to help other people not have to learn those same lessons <laughs> by uh, trial by fire and they can go on to solving better problems. I mean, that's certainly one of them, but I just love being part of a team. And I was in a job for, gosh, almost nine years. This is the one I left and came back to where It just was such a great opportunity because it really was a self-organizing team in a small business. The business owners recognized that their business model depended on software. They hired the people they thought could do the best job of creating that software. And they left us alone to do do our job in terms of, you know, whatever decisions we made, what investments we needed to make in technology, how much time we needed to learn good practices so that we could turn out a quality product. They were totally on board with that because they're like, well, yeah, we're paying you to do the software. And at the same time, because we learned the business domain, which it was financial services, it was quite a difficult business domain to learn. But we did learn it. We spent time to learn it. We invested in, in learning it. And so as a result, 
they included us in discussions about business decisions. What direction should we go? What set of features would be the best one to do next based on what's the value to potential customers or existing customers and how difficult will it be to produce it? And is there a way we can deliver it most of what they wanted for less? And because we were domain experts, we could often take their pie in the sky, sun, moon, and stars vision of a feature and say, well, you know, but what if we just gave you this part of the sun and this part of the stars and you can probably live without the moon and we can do that at half the cost. And they go, wow, that's awesome. <laughs> so the feeling that I got from being part of a team that really gelled, that we trusted each other, we could have we could disagree, we could have discussions and not get offended personally because we did, we had that level of trust and the trust with everybody in the business working together with them. That was just a great feeling. And I don't think a lot of people get to experience that. No, that's great. So Lisa, what excites you about the future of the IT industry and careers in IT in particular? What I kind of took a direction on starting last year was getting interested in data science and in artificial intelligence and machine learning. And uh, part of what influenced me was a, a different podcast, the AB Testing Podcast with Alan Page and Brent Jensen. And they were talking about, you know, what they saw as the future of testing and that testers, you know, modern testers needed to learn data science because we need to learn from production use. And we have all this big data around and we really need machine learning to help us make sense of these vast amounts of data. And, you know, I started hearing about test automation tools that use machine learning and so on and started getting into that. And, um, you know, I don't think it's going to be a silver bullet that solves all the problems. I just think it's a, another great tool in our tool belt and I wanted to learn about it. And it led me to the job I have now. I feel like it's a really unique opportunity for me. There's a lot of promise and potential there. I think we're just seeing the very beginning of it. I think it just has a lot of potential to help us put more of the boring, tedious, repetitive work onto machines and free up our time to use our human brains and senses and intuition. And so that's pretty exciting. We're going to move into the reveal round now. Are you ready for this? Okay. <laughs> so what first attracted you to a career in IT? I needed a job. <laughs> I got laid off from my government job, which I loved, and because, you know, new president budget cuts back a long time ago. And I wanted to move to Austin, Texas at the time. I was living in Texas. And I walked in the University of Texas Employment Office and I saw a sign that said, programmer trainees needed, no experience required. And I thought, hey, that's me. I had no programming experience. And uh, I went and took an aptitude test and I got hired for my domain knowledge. They, they were hiring MBAs that week. They wanted people with business knowledge to work on accounting and payroll systems and things like that, which is not what I ended up working on. But anyway, uh, it turned out to be a great training program. It turned out to be a really super organization. And it was just... One of my favorite sayings is, if you can't be smart, be lucky. And that was just incredibly lucky. What is the best career advice you've ever received? Oh, that was at that same at that same job. My manager told me one time, he said, Lisa, part of leadership or an important part of leadership is making sure that people know what you contributed and what your team contributed. And you had to make that visible. At the time we were working on... Um, in the University of Texas library on a prototype for an online catalog. This was a long time ago. Online catalogs weren't a thing yet. And, and it really stuck with me. It's like making it visible. And so 
how can you show managers what you did? How can you show executives what you and your team did and how you contributed? How can you show other people in the organization? And I think it's particularly important for testers because so many people don't understand testing or testers or or how we add value. And I think that that's one of the reasons I've had a really successful career. When I was a manager, that was a really good thing to know, like how to get information to executives in an, in a form that they could have time to pay attention to and act on. And just working in our DevOps world with developers, testers, operations, data, all these different people working together, designers, being able to communicate with them and show them how we can add value so that they would want to work with us. I think it's just so important. Yeah, testing is a difficult one, isn't it? Where you where you have to demonstrate the value of what you do. Um, because if something works, the benefit is hidden, isn't it? Because you've actually done a good job. Yeah, you have to earn your credibility. That's what I found. If you were to begin your IT career again right now, what would you do? I can't think of something I'd rather do, honestly. I've actually enjoyed doing a lot of uh, tech support, customer support over the years, but I know that that's a job I couldn't do full-time forever. And I love helping people learn. So being a, a coach or consultant, well, I feel like I do that. I just incorporate that into into whatever job I have because I enjoy doing those things. So yeah, I don't, I don't think I'd change from basically being a tester. And what career objectives are you currently focusing on? Well, I feel like I have a great opportunity in a role as a testing advocate in that I can reach out and see what people in the software and testing communities need and what can, you know, is there something I can do to help? Is there something they need that perhaps that my company's product could help with? I can bring that information back to my company. I just think learning is so important and anything I can do to create learning experiences for people connect. I really, I'm a big connector. I like to connect people that can help each other. So I feel like I'm in a good position to be able to do that and spend my time focused more on helping people learn by, you know, writing blog posts, doing webinars, uh, speaking at conferences, facilitating workshops, speaking at meetups. So uh, it's really fun to do that. I wish I could incorporate more hands-on testing with that, but it's hard to do all the things. <laughs> but I'm working on it. I've, I've always, you know, I've tried to try to get the balance of all the things I enjoy doing. And what's the number one non-technical skill that has helped you in your career so far? I guess I'm going to just say, going back to that leadership skill, you know, I thought early on that I wanted to go up the management ranks and, you know, I got my MBA and I thought, this would be really fun, help organizations change and things like that. And I think the ability or the desire to do that, even at a low level and without a title, I think it's been really satisfying to me. And so there's so many things that go into that, that being able to help people learn, find different ways to collaborate with them, find different ways to contribute value and show that I contributed value and show that other people on my team contributed value. I, I think it just kind of goes back to those leadership skills and being a leader regardless of what your title is and and being willing to try to be a change agent, even though much of the time that's super frustrating uh, and daunting, uh, just having that courage. Maybe courage is what it boils down to. <laughs> yeah, possibly, yes. <laughs> um, Lisa, can you share a parting piece of career advice with the IT Career Energizer audience? I guess be brave. My friend Gitta Kierkegaard, her, her, and she's native wired on, on Twitter. 
uh, you know, that's kind of a motto I learned from her is be brave. And I'm, I'm don't feel like I'm a brave or courageous person. You know, I'm shy and I can't get where I want to go by indulging my shy side. I have to go in and out of my comfort zone. I have to be in my comfort zone to work up the energy. And then I have to get out of my comfort zone sometimes to get something done. I want to get done or ask somebody for help. Asking people for help is another big thing. It kind of goes back to asking questions. Not asking for help can lead to really bad disaster. So always ask for help. And that requires courage and that requires being brave. So I would just say, you know, be brave. Okay. And finally, what's the best way we can find out more about you and connect with you? Well, I have a website, lisacrispin.com, and I'm Lisa Crispin on pretty much all the social medias. Twitter is where you probably find me the most often, but I'm on LinkedIn as well. Or just email me, lisa at lisacrispin.com works too. I, I enjoy hearing from people and I really enjoy learning from other people's stories and other people's experiences. Lisa, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. It's been great chatting with you. Oh, it's been a wonderful opportunity chatting with you. Thanks so much. A quick thank you again to my guest on today's show for sharing their career tips, advice, and experiences. You'll find a show notes page for today's episode on the IT Career Energizer website, which will be itcareerenergizer.com slash e, and then the number of today's episode. Now that there are three new episodes of the show every week, make sure that you're subscribed to the show so you don't miss out. And don't forget to join the new IT Career Energizer community group in Facebook. If you're enjoying the podcast, it would be great to hear from you and to learn about your own career journey, your successes, opinions and thoughts on the future of the industry. Thanks for supporting the show. And remember, if you're not growing your career, you're slowing your career. Thanks for listening to the IT Career Energizer podcast. To find out more about building a successful career in IT, visit itcareerenergizer.com.